The following podcast was produced by PHC Corporation of North America, formerly known as the Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America. Welcome to the Panasonic Healthcare Information Network, a service of Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America. Hi, this is Bill White with Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America on the Panasonic Healthcare Information Network today with Joe Laporte. Joe, welcome. Thanks, Bill. It's good to be back. Today's topic, biorepositories. Tell us what we need to know about what a biorepository is, and then we'll move on to what we're doing to help biorepositories do what they do. Biorepositories are one of our biggest customers, and mainly because they buy an awful lot of ultra-low freezers from us. Typically, they're used for long-term storage of uh, clinical trial samples or cell lines. It really runs the whole gamut of any type of uh, tissue culture or cells or just about anything that you would want to store that's a life form that you would want to keep for very long-term, often uh, decades into the future, so that when they're pulled out of uh, long-term storage at very low temperatures, that uh, they can be reconstituted and they're just as viable as the day they were put into the freezer. So, in effect, they are banks, and what we put in, we would like to hope that we can get back out. Um, we're talking about a large volume of stored material in a biorepository. An ultra-low freezer, an upright standard ultra-low, can hold 50,000, 60,000 specimens. But with a biorepository, we're talking exponential increases in that. What kind of challenges does that set forth? When a lot of uh, customers, especially in the academic setting, will have uh, freezers that they use for, for their own experiments, for their own labs, and in some cases they'll share freezer space with other labs. But in biorepositories, uh, they're often doing it uh, for many different customers. We'll have one centrally located um, facility, or several, uh, that are located throughout the country with easy, typically easy access to transportation hubs and airports uh, so that they can bring the samples in but uh, the challenges that they have are how to make sure that all of those freezers, and often, there are often hundreds of them, are running um, properly, that they're maintaining the proper temperatures, that they're uh, staying reliable, that they aren't uh, creating any issues for the samples that are being stored in them. Whereas in most labs, the uh, ultra-low freezer is an afterthought. In uh, the biorepositories, the ultra-low freezer is the center point to just about everything they do. And that's their business, to... Yes. Uh, receive, store, protect, and make available on demand from their uh, clients and customers. Joe, what kind of uh, factors go into the cost of ownership that these biorepository facility managers have to confront? So that's a very good question, Bill. Uh, a lot of customers, they say, well, I'll just buy an ultra-low freezer, I'll plug it in, throw my samples in, and that's the end of the thought process. But for them, uh, because often they're storing products for customers that are following good manufacturing practice, uh, which is GMP, so that they can uh, survive uh, FDA audits and FDA oversight for their processes. And with that comes uh, some responsibilities to ensure that the products are always uh, operating well within the specifications of what's required to store the product. 
they're looking at not only the product, but they're also looking at their monitoring. They're looking at their own auditing to make sure that when they receive a new piece of equipment that it does exactly what the manufacturer says it does. And when you're dealing with that many ultra-low freezers as well, um, because you're transferring a hundred degree difference between ambient temperature and the minus 80s the freezers are running at, you're dealing with a lot of heat that's being dumped into that facility as well. So that when you're looking at a, for lack of a better term, a warehouse full of ultra-low freezers, you have to look at how you're dealing with that heat, because if that builds up too much, then obviously it'll affect the operation of the equipment. So uh, many different things they have to look at related to uh, what they're doing with ultra-low freezers and their cost of ownership, not only on the from the initial purchase, but also for setting them up, commissioning them in the first place, and their ongoing maintenance over the years. So we have that energy we have to manage. We have to make sure that we're putting the least amount possible into the HVA system on the in the biorepository. We're talking with Joe Laporte, Director, Product Group for Panasonic Healthcare of North America. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Panasonic Healthcare Information Network. Joe, the infrastructure issues related to biorepositories are directly related to the performance of, say, many individual ultra-low freezers. What is the story about large volume walk-in rooms as an alternative to ultra-low freezers? They've been around for quite some time, Bill, uh, and in fact, just about as long as ultra-low freezers have been around, walk-in rooms have been around. The challenges with walk-in rooms is that although they can store a massive amount of product, it's kind of like, uh, for lack of a better term, putting all your eggs in one basket. Um, so if something happens with that room, then there has to be contingency plans in place to make sure that they stay at ultra-low temperatures. Most of those rooms, uh, at least the ones I've seen uh, throughout the years, have been built with redundant refrigeration systems, so it'll switch back and forth between one system uh, to another to make sure that they're keeping those temperatures. Uh, the other challenge with that relates to health and safety. We're dealing with temperatures minus 80, so there is nothing on this planet that we live on that gets that cold in nature. Uh, imagine uh, someone working in the Arctic Circle, what they have to do to be able to go outside even for brief periods of time uh, while you're taking that and, and expanding it exponentially for uh, entry into a room that's containing products if you're walking into it. What's required is respiratory equipment because those kind of temperatures can damage your lungs as well as, of course, Arctic gear to be able to go in and out of it. And because the, the cold is so severe, um, you have to have a spotter when you go in there. That's an OSHA requirement for temperatures, I believe, below minus 40. It becomes very labor-intensive to maintain those rooms and be able to access uh, samples within those rooms, and you can only stay in there for a very short period of time. Secondly, most of these rooms require anti-rooms in the front because uh, because of the temperature extremes, ice can build up on the gaskets of the entry door into these freezers very quickly. So they often have anti-rooms to make sure that you don't have those doors freeze solid so nobody gets into the room. Okay. So there are practical reasons that walk-in rooms are not ideal for biorepositories, at least the, the way that we're looking at them today. If we're talking to biorepository facility managers right now, what do they need to know about what the Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America brings to the biorepository? What you can do in terms of product, service, validation services, and certainly consultative services. 
We've been dealing with this uh, this type of environment for many years now. So we have many different product offerings for customers that are very much concerned about energy. We have our new VIP Eco product that uses natural refrigerants. For extremely high-value product, we have our Twin Guard series of upright freezers that uses redundant refrigeration systems or uh, so that if one refrigeration system uh, fails, then a second one can take over. And that's key to customers that may not have quick access to their facilities such as like uh, storms or hurricanes or different things that tend to happen in this country um, and it, it ensures that the product is is being maintained at ultra low temperatures uh, even in the event of a failure and then we have our, our regular flagship freezer our VIP series that um, has been on the market uh, for many years now and has proven to be uh, exceptionally reliable. Now, it's easy to say reliable. Every manufacturer likes to claim how reliable their freezers are, but ours is, has a reputation, especially with the customers that have been dealing with us for a while, that is second to none in this industry. And that really ties in with the cost of ownership issue for biorepositories. Okay. So, when we're evaluating what type of ultra-low temperature freezer to acquire, would it not make sense to talk to the people who actually take care of them, specifically that network of independent service representatives out there? It's a good idea to speak to your independent servicer, and there are a lot of them, especially in the major centers out there, that uh, focus specifically on working with laboratory equipment and ultra-low freezers, and uh, they are a very good source of letting you know which uh, freezers are the most reliable because often they're the ones they don't see as often unless they're doing preventative maintenance on them. They're typically not biased uh, with to one manufacturer or another because their reputation depends upon uh, giving their customers good recommendations and if they find out that um, that there's a lot of failures with the products then uh, customers aren't going to be viewing them in a very good light if they're recommending the wrong product so yeah absolutely they're the, the people to go to, to to get some good recommendations and as we assume a biorepository responsibility for a client or collective of clients we're also assuming the responsibility that they have for validation and compliance within their own institutions or third parties tell us about what Panasonic Healthcare can do to assist in the validation process yeah, we offer full validation services on all of our products. Uh, we are the manufacturer. We know it the best. And uh, uh, often when you deal with validation organizations, they'll take a, a cookie-cutter approach. They will treat all products within a, a particular category the same way and note any specific differences. Uh, in dealing with us, since we specialize and, and manufacture our own equipment, uh, we're able to pinpoint very specific items within the validation protocols that are very unique to our products. So it helps our customers immensely uh, in that regard because we won't miss something that may be important for their validation protocol. And what we found through history is that many of our customers uh, will take our validation protocols and adopt them into their own uh, as in the majority of cases, ours are much more thorough than their own existing protocols should they have them in place already. We've talked a lot about the performance of ultra-low temperature freezers. We have kind of a, a three-legged stool performance. Freezer has to get cold, stay cold, and it has to be uniform within the freezer chamber, number one. Number two, it has to be reliable every day. And then number three, we have to maximize our opportunities for energy efficiency, but never at the expense of performance. What do you think about that? 
That's that's absolutely true, and it, it becomes magnified in a biorepository situation. So uh, we have spoken to many facility directors and managers over the years that operate biorepositories, and almost all of them will tell us that uh, because their business, it's a business, and their business model is based on how much their overall cost is per cubic foot, uh, including all the maintenance and all the requirements they have. So looking at it from that perspective, if you have an ultra-low freezer that is not reliable, you're going through a lot of expenses to uh, remedy that situation. For example, often the validation protocols, um, depending on how in-depth they get, are sometimes more expensive than the freezers themselves, and plus they also have to be scheduled for uh, staff to be available. What will often happen is if there's a failure, um, it, it is not part of their regular routine. They have to schedule staff to come in after the repair to revalidate the product, hope that it's going to be the same as what the original product was showing, and make sure that it stays within the range. So their cost of ownership when there's a failure is quite high, not just the cost of the repair, even if it's under warranty. Their costs can often exceed the cost of fixing the equipment just from their validation and their incident reports and all the things that are involved in ensuring that the product that is stored in that freezer is still maintained during at temperature. When there's a failure on top of everything else, they have to bring in staff to move product from one freezer to another. So they have to have people on call all the time. And over time, that can have a very detrimental effect to the uh, viability of the operation. You're listening to the Panasonic Healthcare Information Network. Joe, the Panasonic Healthcare product line uh, recently added a, a larger upright freezer. We call it the 900 series. Why should someone take a closer look at that if they're replacing freezers in a biorepository? That's a good question, Bill. First and foremost, and what we've heard is sometimes customers will go a smaller freezer if it has a very strong reputation for reliability. But our 900 series is a larger freezer. It's almost 29 cubic feet. Uh, it stores one more row of inventory boxes, if that's how customers prefer to, to store. So uh, it gives them more storage capacity, and it's built on our uh, flagship legendary VIP series refrigeration design. So it has the same reliability standard as our, our smaller units have. Now, the advantage they have is if they're looking at large storage, they can purchase you know, maybe eight units instead of 10 or different numbers and different uh, uh, setups depending on what they need, depending on how many cubic feet they need. So every freezer, of course, has to have a monitoring system put on it. They have to have uh, the validation done on it. So their overall cost of ownership uh, is reduced by purchasing larger freezers. But again, if you're purchasing a larger freezer just for the sake of having a larger freezer and reducing that cost, all of that goes out the window if you have a failure. That's why the reliability and proven track record of the, uh, the the freezer family is really important part of that decision. And in addition to the product, it's the expertise and I think the contextual understanding of the biorepository market that puts Panasonic Healthcare in a very good position to be uh, a consultative uh, resource for facility managers and others. Yes, absolutely. We've been doing this myself uh, and our team. We've been doing this for decades. Our accumulated experience in this is uh, well over 100 years with all of our people that work with our customers. So 
we can give them insight into the lessons we've learned over time and input from our customers. So since we're exposed at a global level to customers, our learning curve is fairly quick and we can provide that information to customers to help them make the right decisions on which freezers to purchase. That's a great point. You have a global perspective on the nature of biorepositories, what they need, what they need to look out for, and what products uh, work best in those situations. We've been talking with Joe Laporte, Director of the Product Group, Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America. Joe, thanks so much for um, sharing your expertise with us today. You've been listening to the Panasonic Healthcare Information Network, a service of Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America, serving life science, pharmaceutical, clinical, and biotechnology markets for over 50 years. The preceding podcast was produced by PHC Corporation of North America, formerly known as the Panasonic Healthcare Corporation of North America.